friends. We're so thrilled that you're here. Welcome to a Safe Place Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Laura. We are two besties who love to encourage and walk with each other through our everyday hardships. In those difficult times, we've grown closer to God and each other. Is your friend circle a healthy place? Do you struggle with boundaries and relationships? Are you longing for relational tools, truth, and a few good laughs? This is a safe place to land. Our goal is not that you leave our episodes knowing more about us, but that you receive biblical advice, feel seen, and learn God's heart for you. Hi, friends! Hello! Welcome back! Last week, we talked about how we choose friends. This week, we are swinging to the other other end of friendships friendship breakups Ooh, this is gonna be a little bit of a what's the word a sensitive topic yeah very sensitive topic even just hearing it might bring someone to your mind we are going to break down how to deal with it in a wholesome godly way we do not want to bash anyone or say anything that could harm someone's integrity What we share will be generalized and won't be directed at anyone specifically. God wants us to share our hearts, but in a respectful way. We can't change what happened to us, but we can change how we talk about our hurts and pains from friendship traumas. When we battle these types of experiences, it can bring a very negative perspective and cause us to have walls up before we even try to get to know someone. I see it as a protection barrier to shield ourselves from potential harm. It doesn't always make it right, though. We should see each other how God sees them. But our brains, unfortunately, remember a lot of bad things that have happened to us. That hinders how we are supposed to see others. We hope this episode brings healing into your own friendship traumas. And maybe it could even spark conversation for you to to be able to make things right with old friends you've been wanting to talk to again. God knows why this whole series was brought to light. It all sparked from one thought, and here we are doing his work. We aren't doing this on our own. So, because we are all human, I'm sure we've all had our fair share of backstabbings, ghostings, and being dropped like a hot potato with no explanation. But have you forgiven those people? Did you ever find closure? Or do you also feel frozen in place, hearing their name or seeing them in public? I have definitely hid in some grocery stores from ex-friends. No shame in that. Yeah, well, and I think that goes in different directions, especially depending on how bad of that trauma like mm-hmm. has impacted you, you're going to do different things. Yeah, like, or like how how did it end? Like did you guys end on good terms? Did you guys end on not good terms where you don't have closure and you don't understand even what happened, like that can make a huge difference in how you see them and how you relate to, I guess, having the thought of them and even just thinking of their name or thinking of their face and thinking of the situation. Like, I'm sure you're just imagining it right now. And I sure am too. No, and I too have had my fair share of friendship traumas. It's damaged the way I view people. I've dealt with more friendship trauma and traumas in my teens and into my adulthood. I was used and not treated very kindly at all. I tend to be on the side of things where I give grace over and over and over again. And I don't know when the quote unquote final straw is. 
it's honestly been that way for as long as I could remember. And it's not something that I would recommend anyone do. Like, I think there's a, there's a point of giving grace and having second chances, but you need to figure out where that final straw is. Is it after the second or third time where you kind of pull back and there's no bitterness or is it where the Lord is continuously working on your heart as far as, okay, you can give them a chance, but make sure there's boundaries in place. And I was the type of person where I didn't have boundaries in place. And it just, oh, well, here we go again. We'll see what happens. And you get your feet wet and then you get slapped right back in the face. And it's just this constant thing over and over and over again. So like I said, I don't recommend it, but this is something I don't like to admit things like this, but because it's a very vulnerable moment, but I'm still working on this to like today. Like I still am consistently working on this. And while I have grown and this series have really helped me grow in this area, I, it, it's hard to admit our issues. And so um, while it's good, it's definitely something that's a little bit on the sensitive side for me, but this is what we do. We are real and raw with you guys. And so here I am. Yes, I admire that about you, how you forgive people, and it is a gift, but those gifts, if taken to the extreme, can be really harmful for us, and I think God continuously calls us to find balance in the gifts that he's given us. Yeah, like like you said, it is a God-given gift, but we definitely have to be careful, and if it can actually bring more harm than good, mm-hmm. because it can kind of tie into people-pleasing, and that behavior is not good because that's a selfish mentality we don't want to be doing selfish things that's not what the lord has asked us to do he has asked us to be very selfless so when you have people pleasing issues and behaviors come out you become selfish not selfless you do like let me repeat that not selfish selfless it can kind of tie like go together so i'm trying to like (laughs) say it like correctly Uh, so with that being said, I also know that I have also hurt people in the past, like with just, you know, in different scenarios, different actions that have inflicted pain on people, like it's going to happen and it takes two people to create an issue. So I am not in any way, shape or form saying that what we're talking about is all about the other person and their issues. It also is talking about ourselves and doing self-reflection, how we treat people, that we too are human, that we make mistakes, that we have hurt other people that probably have trauma from us too, unfortunately. That is just how it works. But the difference is, is how you deal with that trauma. Do you let it fester? Do you let it grow and grow and grow and grow until it like comes spewing out of your mouth? Or... Are you taking it to the Lord and are you dealing with those layers after layers after layers, you know? So with that being said, because of the cross and what God has done, he gives us second chances. And that's the beautiful thing about it is we get to do it over and over and over again. And while it sucks because I feel like I want to only have to do it one time over, we live in a life of sin. So we're going to continuously having to keep doing it. But it's learning from those decisions that you have made that have caused issues and trauma that you try not to repeat that same thing. You can still make better choices going into friendships. Friendship breakups often feel like a normal breakup in the way that we grieve. 
someone we loved and spent time with and were used to having around isn't around anymore. It takes time to grieve and sometimes we aren't able to process it because we don't understand or maybe we didn't get closure or maybe we just don't even know what happened. Um, for me, most of my friendship breakups were in my teen years and a few maybe in my young adult years. I didn't know what to do with that pain, especially without closure. So what do we do with it? Well, you can either go through it or you can grow through it. And I don't know about you, but I'm trying to grow through it. <laughs> yes. So here are nine ways to grow through your friendship trauma. I'm gonna share a few and then Taylor's gonna share a few. So number one is take time to grieve. You may want to mute or take a break from social media altogether, depending on how you're feeling. You may need to take a break so you don't feel triggered by seeing their name or their face on social platforms. Taking a break so you don't breed bitterness is really good for your heart. Number two, work on yourself. Take time to think about the friendship as a whole and what you can work on and grow to be a better version of yourself. You may not know what you did, but you can still reflect on yourself to grow. There will always be lessons to learn through our circumstances. Number three, make sure you know where to find support and be kind to yourself. Friendship breakups may leave us feeling isolated and critical of ourselves. It is really important to find support from other friends and family, especially during this tough time. If this isn't an option for you, consider doing therapy or picking up some journaling. Also, use this time to focus on your relationship with God. He is our ride or die friend. He has been there from the beginning and he promises to never leave us. He is the ultimate friend. While you are grieving in the process, remember to be kind to yourself. Consider doing some self-care activities instead of engaging in self-critical thoughts. Mm, those are really good. Like, really, really good. Okay, on to number four. Remember who you are in Christ. Typically, we question our identity, such as, will I ever be a good enough friend? What did I do wrong? Your friends' views and opinions about you don't define how the Lord sees you. Although words hurt and it can really feel degrading, try your best to speak scripture over yourself. Stay away from self-loathing and instead dwell in God's word and in his presence. You can find more scripture on this specifically in 1 Peter 2.9. Number five, getting back at them does more harm than good. Oh, do we sometimes like to have revenge on people? I will be mm -hmm. the first to admit I have definitely had those thoughts. I don't necessarily act on it, but I definitely have had those thoughts. I'm sure we all have. Or even like not necessarily getting revenge, but trying to make them feel bad. I know mm. that that is a toxic kind of um, thing for humans to do, but I have definitely, especially as a teenager, I for sure tried to make people feel bad for hurting me. And that is mm. so just wrong. And I know it's our human tendencies and that's our flesh, but that's not the way to go about it, friends. So no, don't do that. <laughs> we do not fight against flesh and blood, but the principalities of this world, meaning when we are upset with someone, it's the spirit working behind that person. It's not the actual person upset with you. 
it's the spirit working behind it. Because when you've got two people that are struggling or having some sort of a quarrel, it's the principalities in the spiritual realm fighting against each other. And so when you look at it that way, it's a little bit easier to have love and compassion for people. Because we can't help when we have our emotions flaring up and everything just seems crazy and wild and we're just so like mad at that person. But if you take a second and realize, okay, I know this person cares about me, loves me, and they want the best for me, but we're having an issue, it's a little bit easier to understand. So I wanted to take a second to kind of explain because maybe you've never heard of that before. Maybe you didn't know that we have a spiritual realm where we're constantly, there are things being worked on that we can't even see, you know, like the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy us. And without the angels protecting us, we would be dead right now. So I wanted to take a second to kind of explain that. So I'll kind of go back into what I was saying. So you can't fight evil with evil. It does not benefit you in any way, shape, or form. Scripture that can tie into this is Proverbs 24, 29. Number six is pray. It's your job to let go and pray for their heart. Give your battles to the Lord. Let him fight for you. Pray that they will see what they are doing is wrong and that they would want to make things right. God is really good at capturing our hearts and helping us turn from evil. He wants us to have healthy and thriving friendships. Amen, right? Amen. Yes. <laughs> so grateful for our friendship. Just just have to put that out there. <laughs> um, so scripture for this one, for number six, is Luke 23, 24. Number seven, show kindness. You can be kind and still love them from a distance. This doesn't mean you have to be super friendly, but if the person you're struggling with is at work or maybe a place where you would see them often, you can still wave and say hi, but you don't have to have an ongoing conversation with them. It shows your heart and character. Rather than completely ignoring and acting as if they don't even exist, which I've done that, let's just say it's not Christ-like whatsoever. So don't recommend. <laughs> like, let's just be real. How many of us have done that? Probably a lot. <laughs> Um, and then scripture to tie that in is Matthew 5, verses 38 through 40. Number eight is forgiving. This is a hard one for all of us. It's really, really hard to forgive because it puts you in a very vulnerable state. And not all of us can be vulnerable, or at least not very easily. It's very mm -hmm. hard to become vulnerable. It, it takes time. This has to be the most vital thing you can do. Forgiving is freeing. Let me say that again. Forgiving is freeing. You're letting go and moving on. This doesn't mean you don't have bad memories, but this does mean that you can let go of what's happened and start looking forward to new beginnings. God asks us to forgive just as he has forgiven us. No matter who is at fault, you can still repent to them for anything you may have done, but don't expect forgiveness in return, which is so hard to do, right? Like the Lord asks us to forgive, but our own brains are like, well, they better forgive us too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very, it's, it's a selfish, honestly, it's a selfish thing. It's like a, well, if you don't do this for me, I'm not going to do that for you type thing, which is totally not a selfless thing. Gren, we're talking about being selfless here. 
Um, or you don't have to wait until they apologize to forgive yes. them. Like, they may never apologize to you, but in your heart, you can still forgive them and let go of that because unforgiveness is a poison to the soul. And if you hold on to that bitterness and unforgiveness, you may never feel free. That's so true. Yeah, no, actually, that's a really good point. And honestly, there is a couple situations I could say in my own life where I have forgiven them, but they have never either apologized or have never forgiven me. If I've been told, I've been told to my face that I will never be forgiven because of a particular thing that I did, which is hard to fathom and it's hard to digest. But I will say that that's not, that's not on me. That's, uh, that's between them and the Lord. And if I've already did my part, then it's okay. So that's like a whole different side, but it, it happens. Forgiveness is just an added bonus. Don't make forgiveness your reason for repenting to them. Get your heart in the right place with them and then repent to God. And then scripture to tie that in is Matthew 18 verses 21 through 22. Number nine, the final one. Don't let others dim your light. That's, that's a hard one for me. This one I can really resonate a lot with. Just because someone hurt you doesn't mean that you have to stop being who God created you to be. Yes, those wounds are open, but you can walk confidently with Jesus because you know who you are in him. What God thinks of us is more important than what others think of us. Hmm. If you had a friend that made you feel a certain way or said something about or to you that isn't true, you can choose to not believe it. You can unsubscribe to those words spoken over you and those feelings that it gave you. So about getting your heart in the right place with them before you go to God and repent, there is actually a verse as well that talks about um, before coming to the altar of God, like before sac making your sacrifice and asking God for forgiveness from your sins, he tells us to go to the person that either has sinned against you or you sinned against and make it right. He directly tells us to go and make it right with that person before coming back to him. And then we can repent to him and he can forgive us and we can accept his forgiveness and we can ultimately move on from there. Yeah, I think like having the Holy Spirit conviction is huge. So if you ignore that still small voice that says, hey, you need to make this right with so-and-so, you're going to be in trouble <laughs> as mm -hmm. far as like it's going to it's going to increase and get worse and worse. And until you deal with that issue, you're not going to be able to be free from it. So that's a really good point that Laura was saying as far as, you know, going and repenting and then also going to that person and asking for forgiveness, which, like I said, it's hard to do. And I am for one will admit I don't always want to forgive people, especially for the things that they did to me. But the Lord has forgiven me of my garbage and the things that I have done. So that's a really good reminder that we have to do it in order to be set free, just like we are set free of sin because of the cross. Yeah. And you also have to be really careful though, because I can get into the mindset of 
being the people pleaser. And Mm -hmm. if somebody is frustrated at me or if there's a falling out in the relationship, I can so immediately be like, okay, what do I need to apologize for? Like, what did I do wrong? What can I... And then I kind of overdo it too much. And that is also tied into my issues with abandonment and my issues with perfectionism and so many other things. Like they're all kind of connected. I just want to remind you not to let that need to be accepted control your actions. Um, Know that you are accepted and loved by Christ and by many people that know you and you do not need to basically control how what someone thinks of you and their opinion is not as valuable as God's opinion of us and we don't need to strive for it and I just want to remind you not to let that be the reason why you are asking for forgiveness from somebody like truly examine your heart, ask the Lord to examine your heart. And if it is in the right place and you know that you just need to apologize for that person, whether they take you back or not, you just need to do it. And if you feel like you're kind of getting swirled out by people-pleasing thoughts or abandonment fears, then take a step back, rest in the Lord, remind yourself whose you are, and just know that you can take a break. You can take a moment and process those thoughts and those fears. And then eventually, when your heart is in the right place, you can repent to them. Well, our key takeaways, remember to work through the grieving process internally as well as externally. Meaning, do the work on your own heart, reflect and process with the Lord, and maybe with another friend or family member or a therapist, do some journaling, and then do the external things that Taylor mentioned. And that will really help you to walk through um, friendship trauma. Take your thoughts captive. When lies sneak in about you or the other person, be super careful not to make assumptions about other people. Even if you were hurt, even if there was injustice, be really careful about not making assumptions because when you make assumptions, that can root anger and bitterness in your heart and you don't want that. Yes, that's very, very true. And it's easy for us to make assumptions without asking clarifying questions. So if you do have that thought of like, "Mm, I wonder if this is true, just ask them a clarifying question or asking questions in general should never be something that is diminishing or something that should be put down because what's the worst that could happen? You just ask a question so you feel better. Honestly, I ask questions because my own brain thinks of things and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if that's true or not. So let me ask this. And I'm like, okay, see, you were just overthinking. As an overthinker, it is super helpful to ask questions. So just throwing that out there. And even if they don't answer them, that's okay. Like, yep. it's better to try to get closure and understanding than to always wonder what happened and always wonder what you did and all of those things. So it's 
good to ask questions even if you don't get a response. Show kindness to yourself and the other person. And finally, abide in Christ and he will abide in you and bring you comfort. Now that we are nearing the end of this episode, we hope that you're able to digest, take notes on what to do when you're battling friendship issues. Remember that friendships are messy. We won't always get it right, but with God's help, he can help us navigate through these very difficult experiences. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We are so excited that we finished episode two of our friendship series. Can you believe it? We're already halfway there. What? That is so <laughs> crazy. I am loving it so far, and it's I think it's even better than I imagined. Yes, it's been so good. <laughs> so we'll catch you all in the next one. Bye, guys. Ta-ta. Thanks for being here, friend. We hope that this episode was encouraging to you. And if it was, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating and review. Go follow our Instagram at a safe place podcast and comment on our pinned posts what topics you would like to hear about. If this episode brought someone to your mind, go ahead and hit the share button and send it to them because you don't know what battle they are going through. We would be over the moon excited if you join us for our next episode. Psalm 91.2 says, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. So grow in grace and keep the faith, friends.